All righty. Well, how are you doing, Excel? Are you doing good? Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's give it up for the worship team. You guys have an amazing worship team. Let's give it up for them. They are awesome. They are really, really good. All righty. Well, uh, Pastor Joey called me yesterday. Um, he was like, hey, are you free tomorrow night? And I was like, I am. He goes, can you come over? I'm like, sure. So uh, if you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Brock. Um, I live in the Rockford, Illinois area. Um, and I'm a worship pastor um, at a local church there. Um, but I've done youth ministry. I've done um, janitor ministry. Uh, I've done it all. I've done it all in the church. Um, but Pastor Joey and I, um, Pastor Joey is probably one of my best friends in the entire world. Um, he was in my wedding. Um, well, not my wedding, our wedding, I should say that. Uh, he was in our wedding, um, and Pastor Joey is someone I, I look up to. So when he called me yesterday, um, there was a no-brainer for me to drop everything to be here and to just encourage all of you. And uh, hopefully tonight you come out, come out with something that you never knew or you learned something um, that um, you never thought of in the perspective of worship. So Pastor Joey, of course, asked me to speak on worship tonight um, since that's the kind of thing I do. Um, but I like, to, I like to say that worship's not an um, uh, occupation, it's a calling, it's what God calls us to do. Um, it's not something that I get paid to do. Um, I, you know, I get paid to, to write arrangements. I don't get paid to, to lead people in the presence of God. Um, and so it's one of those things where I would do it even if I didn't get paid for it. I would lead people in the presence of God. So um, tonight I want to talk about um, a passage in the Bible that kind of, it's very small, but it gives us insight of how God wants to be approached and worshipped. And, and something that we kind of we read and we see in Psalms, it's very short, but David gives us a glimpse of, of what God wants to enter into his presence. Okay, are you ready for the secret? The secret of the presence of God is this. All right, turn to your Bibles to Psalms 100. Okay, Psalm 100. And if you have your Bibles, you can use your phones. I don't care. Uh, if someone gets it, say whoop. Okay, wow, you guys are quick. All righty. I'm going to read Psalm 100 all the way through, and then we're going to focus on verse 4. All right, Psalm 100, verse 1. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Alrighty, right there, David gives us a principle. Enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving, thanksgiving okay? Alright, I have some pictures of gates up here. Um, I sent to them. If you guys can want to start showing those pictures of gates, um, I don't care which one. You can just start. So, yeah, there's that one gate right there. Um, you can go through them. Right, that's, a, that's a big gate, all right? There's not, that's even bigger, all right? Next one. All right, that's an old school gate. All right, you can stop right there, okay? All right, let's look at that gate, all right? That gate, like, says, like, I'm rich, stay out, okay? Uh, <laughs> all right, so um, if you actually go back to the first gate that you um, that you you displayed. That's actually the original gate in Jerusalem. Okay? All right. So that gate right there is what you would see in Jesus' time. Okay? 
Um, as you can see, I don't think you're going to bust through that gate um, if you tried. You know, uh, imagine, you know, you and a sword, I doubt you're going to get to that gate, okay? All right, so gates. Why do you think David says enter his gates, all right? It could have been enter the doors, enter the house, enter his presence. He says gates, all right? He specifically says gates. So what do gates do? Okay, they open, they close, they creak, they don't open, all right? They, all right, okay, all right. So gates let things in, okay, and keep things out, okay? They, keep, they let things in, and they keep things out. So let's talk about letting things in, okay? So gates provide access to areas that otherwise would be prohibited, meaning that the gate gives you the ability to go into a place that normally if it's closed, that means you can't go in there, right? I mean, some of us will hop over the gate, but we're not supposed to, okay? All right? Gates allow you to enter without a penalty, okay? All right? How many um, know that, you know, there's something happen when people trespass on a property they're not supposed to, Right? That's a, that's a um, you're not supposed to do that, okay? That's, that's a, you can get in trouble for that, all right? But a gate that's open allows you to enter into a place without penalty. And then gates allow you to come in peace. So when you enter into open gates, you come in peaceful. You don't have to force your way in, okay? When it's open, you walk right through it. Okay, they keep things out, okay? So they keep enemies out, okay? So let's think about this, uh, that, that gate that we just shown up there. All right, would you feel pretty safe if you were on the other side and someone who didn't like you was trying to get you? Would you feel pretty secure they couldn't get in? Right? Yeah, if it was closed. Okay, if it was closed. If it was wide open, nah, that's a different thing. All right? But if it's closed, how many of you are going like, I'm good? All right? Yeah, some of you are like, I don't trust that person. Okay? No. All right. It, you would feel safe, okay? Gates keep things out that don't belong. Also, gates show who really is in control. Okay, when they're closed and you can't get in, you realize how you're not in control. And whoever is operating the gate really, really is in control. All right, so let's dive into how do we enter into the gates. And the gates symbolize entering into God's presence. So the verse says what? Enter his gates with? Thanksgiving. Man, sometimes I wish David would have chosen like a way cooler thing than Thanksgiving. Enter his gates with tons of money. And then God will be like, yeah. Or enter his gates with good looks. All right? Or enter his gates with hair. I'd be done. I'd be done. All right? Enter his gates with, with dancing or singing. It doesn't say that. It says enter his gates with a really cool worship set. Nope. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. So what is Thanksgiving? All right, Thanksgiving is not a holiday. Well, it is, but it's not, all right? So God doesn't say, eat a bunch of turkey, and then you're my presence, even though it feels that way sometimes. All right, God chose something that comes from reflection and remembrance of what he's done rather than what you've done. Okay, I'm going to say that again. God chose something that comes from reflection and remembrance of what he's done rather than what you've done to enter into his presence. 
So God says, the way for you to enter into my presence is for you to remember what I've done, not what you've done. Okay? That changes the perspective a little bit. Okay? Psalm 77, all right, says this. I'm going to pull up my Bible. Psalm 77, verse 11. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. All right, Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5 says this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity, or meaning your sin. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. And he satisfies you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. So David, even in in Psalms 103 and Psalm 77, shows us that gratitude puts us in the proper perspective to worship God. So thanksgiving positions my heart to actually worship God how he should be worshipped rather than how I think he should be worshipped. Okay? All right, God's not just asking for good songs. He's not asking for you to sing on pitch. All right? He's not asking you to have it all together. All right? You do not have to have it all together to go before God's presence or enter in. Okay? But what he's asking for is for you to be thankful. All right? Because thankfulness comes from you realizing that every good thing in your life has come from him. All right? When we have that proper perspective, all right, it allows us to enter in with humility rather than a sense of that God owes us something. All right? You are in his presence not because you are good, but because he is good. Okay? The only way you're in the presence of God right now, we are all in the presence of God, is not because all of you are awesome, which I think you are, okay? But it's because God is good. And he chooses to be amongst us because of his goodness. But here's the thing. Ingratitude, right, takes you out. Now, God does not kick you out. You take yourself out through ingratitude. Because what happens when we have ingratitude, you begin to worship yourself and what you do. (laughs) All right? Think about it. When I'm bitter because I didn't get something or I'm upset, who are you thinking about? You. You become God in ingratitude. And God says, I will have no rivals, even if it's you. So God is so good that he says, guess what? I've given you a cure for yourself. It's Thanksgiving. When you realize everything I've done, everything I am, and and what I'm going to do, and let that bubble up in you, that keeps you in the presence. That keeps you pursuing me and keeps you kind of, um, I would say, uh, what's the word, Um, immune, all right, to ingratitude. So think about this. 
Okay? Satan was cast out of God's presence because he began to look at himself and see what he could do, forgetting that it was God in the first place that created him. Think about that. Satan began to worship himself, thinking how amazing he was, and yet the whole time he forgot that God himself created him. And God said, All right, that, that can't be in my presence because I'm holy and I'm good and there's no one else like me. Now, we, we hear that and we go, man, God, you're kind of, you know, that's kind of egotistic, you know. You're like, yo, okay, God, all right, let's think about this. All right, if I prepare this amazing gift for my wife, okay, and I give it to her, and she goes, hmm, how am I, I'm going to go, what? Or what if, what if all of a sudden I give it to her and she thanks someone else? Or what about, what happens to this? I give her this gift and she thanks herself. But how, how many of you, you've tossed up a prayer when you haven't studied for a test and you got an A? And all of a sudden you go, oh, I actually knew it. Yeah, all right? Or how many of you realize that there's been moments in your life that, you know, it's been very easy to take the, take the glory when you realize, man, it was other people that set me up. I mean, think about it. You know, all of us, we have clothes on, thank God, all right? But many of us, how many of us, our parents or our guardians or people we know have paid for those clothes? All right, my hands are raised. I got this from my mom like a couple years ago, all right? Okay, thank you. All right, I know that this gift didn't come from me. It came from my mom. Or it came from my, you know, it came from my mom. My dad said he bought it, but it came from my mom. All right, but it came, so there's a gratitude. I did not make this happen. But what happens many times in our life, we go, oh, look how awesome I am. And there's so many things that God's done in our life, but our pride blinds us and produces ingratitude, which then we escort ourselves out, all right, from always being in the presence of God. And we wonder why we're always struggling. We wonder, we wonder why we're always struggling with depression, we're wondering why we always struggle with not having joy or we're always quick to anger. We always say our opinion and get our, ma- our mouths get us in trouble. We're always fearful. All right? Let me tell you right now. You are seeing a world that is run on fear right now. I mean, if we think about this, okay? Like, there's been more people that have died from the flu, all right, in the past what, three months than, like, triple the amount than what's ever been diagnosed with this coronavirus. Okay? Right now, all right, you, are, you have a better chance of dying from a heart attack right now than getting the coronavirus. Okay? But I'm not saying we don't take precautions. There's wisdom. I totally agree with that. But think about this. Fear, okay, is your faith misplaced in another thing. So, you have faith regardless if you're fearful or not. Okay? So don't tell me you don't have faith. No, you have faith that something bad's going to happen. Okay? Think about that. Okay? So if you're fearful of something, that means I believe that it's going to happen. So what happens is when we don't have thanksgiving in us, okay, worship becomes an option. So I come in. I, I, so, you know, you're, and your worship team's killer, so there's, no, like, no wrong notes to distract you, okay? There's no, like, you know, 
of, you know, your sound sounds great too. Um, and so I'm like, so when you come in, there's nothing to distract you, okay? So the only thing distracting you is you, okay? And so when you press in, you don't need a conference to press in. You don't even need an awesome worship team. You can enter in by just saying thank you. And as you say thank you, you're instantly in the presence of God. You're instantly in with the presence of the King of kings, Lord of lords, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the one that paid the price for you to come into his presence. Saying thank you is how you get in. Okay? So what produces gratitude? What produces thanksgiving? All right? There's a story in the Bible that we find in Luke. We find it in other Gospels too, but I'm going to turn to Luke because Luke gives us a very, very good perspective of this story. How many have heard about the woman who pours out the alabaster box upon Jesus' feet? All right? All the, all the, all the, the, uh, the, the older Christians are like, yes, okay, all right? All the newer people are like, alabaster box? What is that, okay? All right, let me explain to you, okay? It's also a really good song, too. Um, but Jesus is hanging out at a dinner with Pharisees. And Pharisees are these guys, they're kind of like the church leaders at the time. They're kind of like the guys that call the shots in the Jewish, um, the Jewish circle, okay? And they really don't like Jesus. But they're inviting Jesus over because they're trying to kind of like make Jesus look bad. So can you imagine getting invited to a dinner only because they don't like you and they want to prove you wrong? I mean, that's an awesome dinner to go to, okay? <laughs> so they're there, all right? And all of a sudden, this woman burst forth into the room. Here's the first thing about that. That is a cultural no-no at the time. Women did not have rights like they do now, okay? Back then, women were second class. So for a woman to bust into a room full of men, something bad was about to happen, okay? And she runs to Jesus, okay? And Luke gives us a little backstory. And Luke says that she was a woman... Known for sin, okay? Basically, Luke's saying she was a prostitute, okay? And she runs in, and she runs straight to Jesus, and it says that she busts open this alabaster box, that, which was perfume. It was just this costly perfume, okay? It was a, worth a year wages, okay? And she busts it open. She doesn't circle the lid and go, okay, Bust it open so there's nothing left, and she pours it upon Jesus, and it says that she washes, she washes Jesus' feet with her hair and her tears. Okay? Now imagine, at that time, they wore sandals, and they didn't have nice roads, so that feet was stank. Okay? All right? Jesus' feet were not like, you're like, ah. Okay, no, they were, all right? But here's the thing. What people don't realize is why was Jesus' feet dirty in the first place? Because custom at the time was when there was a guest in your house, you always washed their feet. So the Pharisees didn't value Jesus, so they just said, you know what, we're not going to wash your feet. Okay? So then as she comes in, she, she pours this alabaster box, and she's pouring out worship, and she's saying, thank you, thank you. And all of a sudden, one of them... Speaks out the Pharisees, okay? And this is what he says. He goes, now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. 
And Jesus, knowing his thoughts, said, Simon, I have something to say to you. And, said, and Simon says, say it. Oh, man, it's about to go down, all right? It's about to go down, all right? Jesus says this, a certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, this is a $500, another had 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of the both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged correctly or you've answered right. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But you see this woman? She has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with the ointment or the perfume. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the women, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Jesus reveals the way for us to have gratitude is that we realize what we've been saved from. All right, we want the worship. We want to worship like the woman, okay, that poured everything out upon Jesus. But we're too scared to show our, our dirt. We're too scared to confess our sins and say, God, I, I screwed up. And so we want to be like the woman but come in dignified and say, everything's okay. And we pour a little alabaster box and say, there you go, Jesus. There's no gratitude. And Jesus says this, forgiven little, you love little. Forgiven much, you love much. Or I should say this, forgiven little, you're thankful for little. Forgiven of much, you're thankful for much. So let's think about this. Let's take a journey through your life right now. Start thinking of things that you are embarrassed of. I'm not doing it but to shame you or guilt you because I'm about to tell you that all that stuff's forgiven. The Bible says that he cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. Usually the radical worshipers are probably the people that they know they've been saved from a lot. There was a story. Uh, there was a gentleman that came up. I was leading worship, and he was just very, he's very exuberant. I mean, just, and he was a big dude, like a big dude, like, like bodybuilder. You know, I'm like, ooh, don't mess with him. But he was dancing, and he was just looking very not sophisticated, all right? And so I'm leading worship, and I'm like, what's this guy doing? You know, it's like, whoa, man, we're just singing. Like, you don't have to dance. You know, it's a slow song, all right? You know, you're supposed to be like this, not like, yeah, you know, I'm like, you know, and I'm just like, I'm judging this guy. I'm leading worship, and I'm judging. I am like going like, whoa, dude, you worship like, you know what I'm doing? I'm going, hey, take the, here's the, take the bottle, and screw it, and just pour a little bit. Pour a little bit. Pour a little bit. And this whole time, this guy's showing me of everything Jesus has done in his life through his worship, but I'm going, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa just pour, pour, pour. Well, we get done with worship, and I'm just kind of like, I, you know, I'm kind of like in my mind going, well, that was distracting, okay? And the worship ends, and the pastor comes up, and he gets like, hey, well, we want to have this guy share his testimony. Um, uh, can you come up? And all of a sudden, it's the guy. I'm like, oh, man. 
I've been judging. It's like, he better have a good testimony. Let me tell you that right now. If it's like he stubbed his toe and he cussed and then he's good now, like, you know. And the guy came up, and his story is, like, incredible. Like, drug dealer, like, handling out prostitutes. I mean, just, like, think of the worst of the worst. And, like, he probably didn't even say it. But he was, I was like, and all of a sudden he's like, and then I cried out to Jesus. And all of a sudden he enrolled, like, everything Jesus has done in his life in the past, like, two years. And, like, the whole time I'm going. And all of a sudden he goes, and that's why I can't contain my worship because I know where I was heading. And now I know I'm going to heaven. He goes, I was leading everyone to hell. And now I'm leading everyone to heaven. And he goes, I can't help but be grateful. And he said the word grateful. I was like, oh, man, this, this guy was leading worship far greater than I was. All right? You are leading worship with your friends at school. Are you the one that always complains or are you the one that blesses and, and is grateful? That's worship. Worship is not a really cool set. Worship is you going when everyone's wanting to land blast a teacher at school. You're going, you know what, I'm grateful that that teacher is taking time to invest in us. Okay? Yeah. Everybody be with you. All right? When you want to just rip a new one into your brother, your sibling, or, or your parents, especially your parents, okay? And then all of a sudden sitting back going, you know what, as much as, you know, I'm not saying every parent's perfect, but you wouldn't be here without them. And even if that's the only thing you could be grateful for, you'd be grateful for that. And you know what that does? Sucks you into the presence of God. That's how you lead worship. That's how you get radical in worship. And I'm not talking about you always got to be screaming and always being like, okay? All right? But I'm talking about the first note hits and all you guys are engaged in worship. Because all of you know what Jesus has saved you from. Do you remember what Jesus has done? Why do you think we take communion? You think communion is just because we take it and it's like, that's the church thing to do. All right? How many of you are still a couple of grape juices, by the way? It's like, well, I'll take three. All right? I was a pastor's kid, so with the leftovers, my brother and I, we would uh, take them like we were, they were shots. Um, and, uh, and we'd be like, shot, 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 you know, everything. Um, and my dad would be like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, uh, just drinking, drink, drinking juice, all right? Um, but... But we take communion to remember what Jesus has saved us from. Okay? It's not a way for us to always be like, oh, I'm worthless. Thank you, Jesus. No. Jesus, I was this, and you made me this. Jesus, I used to struggle with fear, and now I am courageous. Jesus, I used to struggle with lust, and now I'm free from that, and I love people like you love people. Jesus, I used to be so angry, and now I'm so peaceful. See, when we remember what God's done, it's a lot easier than to engage in worship. But if I'm just remembering my day, it's very hard. Okay? Let me tell you this. Monday and Tuesday of this week was not very good days for me and my wife. Okay? We had put an offer onto a house. They accepted the offer. And we were dreaming all last weekend. We were just like, all right, we're going to do this with the kitchen. We're going to do this. So I'm like, I was like, you know, I was like HT, HGTV. I was like, ooh, we're going to do this. I have an unlimited budget. No, I'm talking. All right. You know, and um, we're dreaming. 
and the inspection comes up Monday. And we pull up, and it's raining, and um, the inspector comes out, and he goes, oh, I got to show you something. I'm like, oh, no. Foundation is cracked. $20,000 worth of damage. Dreams. <laughs> Gone. And so I was like, okay, all right. And we were, my wife and I were talking. We're like, okay, why don't we bring a friend of ours as a contractor we really trust. I said, well, let's bring him out Tuesday. Maybe he can tell us that he can fix it for like, you know, really cheap and we're good. And we, you know, he comes out and he's like, oh, this is bad. And I'm like, all of a sudden I feel like, I'm like, God, you were leading us. We were walking in favor. This is like below our budget. Like all the way we want. Like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right. And all of a sudden we have to, I'm like, I look at Tori. I'm like, we can't, we can't do this. We can't, we can't do this. So all of a sudden we, we call the realtor. We're pulling out of the agreement. And I just felt this defeat. I was just like, God, I feel like. My dream was a dove, and it just got hit by a semi, okay? All right. And, uh, and all of a sudden, later on that day, I, um, I've, I stumbled upon the verse that said, um, Today is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And all of a sudden, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. He said, do you know what I created today, knowing that you're going to experience that? But yet, today's still worth rejoicing about. And all of a sudden I realized, God said, what if you think about, I just spared you from wasting a hundred and some thousand dollars that you're never going to get back again. I'm like, I just spared you from years of misery of a house that was starting to split apart. All of a sudden I'm like, oh, and all of a sudden I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. God, you have something greater in store. What happened? My perspective changed, and I entered back into the gates. I entered into their presence. I entered saying, God, I thank you that we even have the money we've been saving up to even look for a house. God, I thank you that you spared us from a wasteful investment. God, I thank you for that friend who came to look at the foundation who charges $100 every time they come out. He came for free. God, I thank you that, Lord, you surround us with friends and family that are going to encourage us. God, I thank you for the apartment we live in. Though it might be small right now, we have a big dog that we weren't expecting to have. Um, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for all of this. And what happened? I, I, call it, I call this, my dad taught me this, my dad's pastor. I, I call it your thank tank. And as I began to thank God, it was like boop, 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 boop. Right? It was filling up. And as it filled up, I was able to give something. Has anyone ever went to like a gas station and there was no gas in it? No, you haven't because they always keep it full, okay? <laughs> if you have, you're at a ghetto gas station, okay? Let me tell you that, okay? All right? Because how many of us, we, we second guess that there's ever going to be gas there, right? We don't. We go, boom, pour. There's so many people that want to pull from your life, but your thank tank is empty. And they wonder what they're going to pull out of your life. They wonder how, you know, all right, what am I going to get? Am I going to get anger? Am I going to get offense? Am I going to get, uh, man, that boy is just really, he's hungry, okay? He is, he is way too, all right, what am I going to get? Or are they going to go, oh, I know that person, I'm going to get love. That person, I'm going to get thankfulness. 
I want to pull from that. So is your thank tank full? And how you fill your thank tank? You remember all the good things. You remember all the good things. Charles Spurgeon, who was a very famous preacher in the 1800s, um, he was known as the Prince of Preachers, just really amazing guy. Um, he broke down the book of Psalms and, like, explained them. And just, and he, guess what? He wrote that in the London paper. Every week he would expound on a psalm. And he did all 150. Okay? And in Psalm 100, he says this. So long as we are receivers of mercy, we must be givers of thanks. Mercy permits us to enter his gates, so let us praise that mercy. What better subject for our thoughts in God's own house than God in his house? Whatever court we may enter in of the Lord, let our, admit, our, let our admission be the subject of praise. He's saying this, let your praise be that you're even in the presence of God. Crazy. We think how many times we're like, you know, I belong here. Right? We do through Jesus, which is awesome. But think about the price that was paid for you to say, I belong here. All right. Thanks be to God, the innermost, innermost court is now open to believers, and we enter into that which is within the veil. It is so important that we acknowledge the high privilege of our songs to Him. Do you know that your song is so important? There is no other being right, on earth that can do what you do by singing praises to God. You don't see a, a dog singing praises to God, okay? You don't see a cow going, you know, bless your name, Father, all right? All right? No, you don't, all right? You don't. Only humans, those created in God's image, give praise, all right? He says this, bless his name because he blessed you. Bless him in return when he blesses you. Bless his name. Bless his character. Bless him. Whatever he does, be sure that you bless him for it. Bless him when he takes things away as well as when he gives. Bless him as long as you live. Under all circumstances, bless him from whatever point of view you consider him. And so I'm going to end with this, okay? And we're not going to end on this big, like, Jesus, right? We're like, we're crying, all like, oh yeah, I'm grateful, okay? All right, no, this is just you doing it, okay? All right, entering into the presence of God is not a fuzzy feeling, okay? As much as it's been taught that it's a fuzzy feeling, let me tell you this, I've led worship for years and years and years now, and I've like had, what, like 10 fuzzy feelings, okay? Now, I'm not saying that because I'm like, oh, you're doing your job wrong, all right? No, what I'm saying is that I've had, I've had things be, go beyond a fuzzy feeling. If I'm just looking for a fuzzy feeling, go get drunk. Okay? Or go get high on drugs. Oh, yeah. But I've had an encounter with God that was beyond a feeling. It changed my DNA. It changed my thought process. It changed how I perceived things. Okay? I walked into a service once thinking one way, and I walked out going, I will never think that way again. That is far greater than me going, ooh, I felt God. All right, God is a God of transformation, not this emotional feeling. 
Okay, Jesus paid too high of a price for us to go, I feel you. All right, Jesus paid the price for you to say, I know you. He paid the price for you, all of you, to say, I know Jesus. I know him personally. I know him through his word. He speaks to me. I know him through Pastor Joey. I know when Pastor Joey speaks, I hear God's voice. Okay? Jesus paid the price for you to always be in his presence. And how we do that is we enter through thanksgiving. We, if we are always thankful, we are always aware of God's presence. And that, I'll tell you this, that would change your schools. That would change your home life. All right? You have an argument with your parents. Just go up to them and be like, I'm grateful for you right now. That will change the tenor of the, of the conversation, right? All right, go clean your room. Thank you. All right? All right? You know, when Pastor Joey says something, you're like, ugh. And then you're like, thank you, God, for Pastor Joey. He's probably right. Okay? All right? When you become thankful... You decrease, God increases, and then God blesses your life immensely. And I'm not talking about you like your bank account's full. I'm talking about like everything you touch is favored. Like you have friends at school, not because they want you to do certain things, but like they're godly friends. Like you start noticing that your relationship with your teachers starts getting better. All right? I used to hate when people would call me the teacher's pet. And it wasn't because I was like, oh, what can I do for you? All right? It's because the presence of God was on my life. And teachers just gravitated towards it. I once had a teacher in high school come up to me, and like in the middle of class, she goes up to me and she's like, Can you pray for me? I went, Uh. All my friends were like, What? She's like, I've had a really bad day, and I need you to pray for me. I'm like, In front of all these people? <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm like, God help Miss Harris. Have a good day. Bye. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> But, like, if I were to recognize that, like, I was the solution to what she needed, how much more heaven was right there. All right? Heaven is in you right now. Your schools need heaven. Your teachers need heaven. Your friends need heaven. All right? Or Jesus. I should say this. Your friends need Jesus. Jesus is in you. All right? Thankfulness unlocks the ability for you to always be Jesus to people. Because if you're always in his presence, what's the byproduct? People are going to know what heaven is. People are going to know what Jesus is because right now Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. So I want to encourage you. Here's your homework. You're like, what? I'm in school already. Okay? All right? This week, I want you to write a list of five things you're thankful for. All right? I want you to bring it here next week. Pastor Joey's probably going to freak out. All right? I want you to bring it here. And when you worship... I want you, before you worship, I want you all to read your list. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. Oh, I'm thankful. Yeah. And then I want you to place them right here. And then go in. Because you just reminded yourself why God's worthy of praise. As you do that, then all of a sudden, now it's like, I don't have to worry about the worship team working emotion up. Or that singing that really good song I like. It's, I am thankful, God, that maybe today, God, you, you gave me the wisdom to get the A on that test. So I thank you. As you thank God, you will see engaging in his presence is a lot easier. Does that make sense?
All right? So write a list, five things you're thankful for. You can add more. Some are like, I'm really thankful. And some of you are like, I, there's one thing. That's, right? <laughs> Try to find five things, okay? Even, that's, even if that's like, you know, my dog, my shoes, uh, the air, uh, you know, all right? all right, oxygen, that's the same thing. All right, my lungs. Oh, there we go. There's five. Okay. Five things. And practice that on a daily basis. And as you do that, you will be a youth group known for worship because you'll be a youth group known for thankfulness. It has to be both ways. You can't have either or. You can't be like, oh, they're awesome worshipers, but then you just stab each other in the back. Okay, that, and then you know what that is? That's performance. And then you might as well buy a ticket to see Beyonce. Okay? <laughs> All right? But when gratefulness and thanksgiving is connected with worship, you guys won't be able to contain the presence of God in this place. God will show up. He will, he will blow your mind. He will heal your bodies. He'll bring courage. He'll, I mean, it will be like liquid love. You'll come in with, with issues, and you'll walk out like you're on top of the world when you guys come with thankfulness. Okay? So let's stand up. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over everyone. And then we're done at 8.30, right? Is that usually when it's done? Cool. So we're close. Start. Good. All right. So I'm not going to go up on the piano. I'm not going to be like, let's sing. Let's get in God's presence. You're already in God's presence right now. You don't have to have a feeling. All right? You don't, I don't have to say like this, you know, like three chant thing. And then you're like, oh, God's here. You carry the presence of God here. What Bible says where two or more are gathered, he's present. I'll be like, like, is that in the Bible? Yes, it is, okay? That's in the Bible. Where two or more are gathered, is there more than two here? Yes, he is present. So he's here, okay? All right? So you don't have to muster it up. You don't have to be like, ah, okay? I just want you to be grateful right now. I want you to be thankful. I want you to be thankful that there was a group of saints that paid money for this room. They, didn't have, they could have given it to anything else. They could have poured it into their retirement and could be living in Florida right now. But they gave to this church so you could have awesome lights, awesome sound system, comfortable air conditioning, heater. They gave so you can sit on comfortable seats. You might not think they're comfortable. I think they are. Okay. All right. They gave money. All right. All of you are going probably to go lay on a bed tonight, right? Grateful for that. You're going to school. You're getting education, right? Majority of the world would do anything for the education you're getting right now. As much as you're like, my teachers, uh, all right? Kids in, kids in Africa are, would beg to be here, okay? So I want to encourage you right now. Let's just take one to two minutes I want you to just be grateful. You can say it in your mind. You can say it out loud. I just want you to start thinking of things you're grateful for and just saying thank you. And you're going to notice the tenor of the room shift. So God, I thank you. I thank you for who you are. You are good. You are faithful. You always heal. God, you are a provider. You're my best friend. God, I thank you for my wife. I thank you, Lord, that she loves you and that she's pursuing your voice, God. God, I thank you for the church I get to serve. I thank you for these students. I thank you that, Lord, they're hearing your voice and they're knowing who you are. I thank you, Lord, that you're protecting them. Lord, I thank you you're going to protect us from this virus. 
You say in your word that you are a healer. That, God, you protect us from any illness. So, God, I pray right now that, Lord, I thank you that you are powerful. You created our bodies. God, I thank you that you created friendship. I thank you for Pastor Joey. I thank you for his wife, Cicely. God, I thank you for them that are building a youth group that know Jesus. And that's making Jesus known in the Chicago area. I thank you, God, for these youth leaders that are pouring into these students. They could be anywhere else in Chicago right now, but they're here tonight. I thank you, Lord, for Pastor Carlos, Lord, how he is leading these people. I thank you for him and his wife's leadership. I thank you, God, that you are doing something amazing in our nation and our world. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is pouring out. And God, now I thank you for things to come. I thank you for all the salvations that will be represented by all these people here. I thank you that, Lord, you are going to fulfill a destiny in all of these students. I thank you that some of them are going to be doctors, they're going to be lawyers, they're going to be pastors, they're going to be teachers. I thank you, Lord, they are going to affect generations to come. And Lord, now we thank you that your presence never leaves us nor forsakes us. God, we thank you that you are more than the feeling. You are a real being, and you want to encounter us and transform us. God, we thank you for the feelings. We thank you for the moments we feel your tangible presence. But God, we thank you that you are truth. We thank you that you are good. So God, we enter your gates with thanksgiving and with your courts with praise. God, we bless your name, for you are good. You will always be good. You will always be kind. We thank you for the cross. We thank you that no longer is there wrath towards us. Lord, there is only forgiveness, mercy, and love. So God, we thank you that we no longer have to worry if you're angry at us, God. You're no longer angry. God, you no longer carry a wrath towards us. You carry love. You are so in love with all of us. And that's the only thing we will ever know from you ever again is love. We thank you, God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of you feel like you feel light? Like you feel like just kind of like you're like, whoa. All right. Yeah. All right. That's thankfulness, okay? All right. Everyone's like, woo. Okay. All right. Awesome. All righty. Well, are we good to to dismiss? All right. Well, everyone have an awesome night. Text Pastor Joey. Tell him you love him. And that the thing didn't burn down tonight. All right. Good job. See you guys.